I want to make sure that this life that I've been given has not been wasted. You know, I want to make it worthwhile. I want to make sure that I've, I've really, I can look back and I can say, wow, you really did everything that you could do. When you're looking for reliable information, where do you go? Far too often in today's world, we're searching for truth and aching for support in ways and places that are just no good for us. We select a credible source based off of accolades and other material factors instead of seeking advice from people who have actually experienced what we're going through. Once upon a time, people were surrounded by resources, others who believed in them and validated their experiences. But today we are judged, we live in environments that make us feel unworthy, and we are constantly second-guessing ourselves and the way that we feel. The villages of support we once had and knew dissolved as we evolved, and we began to find our answers on devices from someone smarter or in places where we didn't feel so ashamed to tell our stories. Whether you're a mom trying to figure it all out for the first time, an entrepreneurial spirit who is ready to take the leap, or someone who is interested in chatting about the things that people normally don't want to talk about, the Credible Sources podcast has something for you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into another episode of the Credible Sources podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Rachel Rakavan. Rachel and I have been kind of following each other on social media and going back and forth for a while now, but this is going to be our first real conversation, and I'm really looking forward. We were just chatting a little bit in the like pre-episode chatter about how excited I am to learn about all of the things that she has going on because um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's awesome to have um, these kinds of conversations and to just give people a platform to share what it is that they're doing, right? And if you're listening in for the first time to this podcast, the whole purpose that I've had for the Credible Sources podcast is to provide a platform for people to be experts in their experiences. And uh, I think that like, I'm already impressed by you. Right? I'm already like, um, I know, but just, just a little bit that I do know about you. I'm like, where is this conversation going to go? So let's just get into it. I mean, how would you describe yourself or what is your elevator pitch, I guess, with everything that you've got going on in your life? Elevator pitch. So I just want to first say thank you so much for having me yes, on your show. Absolutely. I really you. appreciate the opportunity to speak about my experiences and my divine destiny, as I like to call it, my purpose. I love that. And I think it's very interesting to hear about people's journey. Uh, my journey, I usually like to start with the, the positive, then negative, and then go back into the positive with pretty much everything. So well, let's mm-hmm. start with the good, some of the good stuff. <laughs> that I'm doing right now. And then we'll talk about the reasons why I did them, which are okay. very sad. And then we'll talk a little bit about my plans for the future and maybe how some other people can become engaged in that those, would be great. The mission. So I am currently I'm an environmental scientist. I'm a former biology and ecology professor. I'm a published research scientist on micro-restoration. I am a community garden builder, so I build community gardens, but I'm also now uh, somewhat of a politician in the uh, agricultural aspect. Um, I work with the uh, Pittsburgh Food Policy Council, and I just recently helped to get $3 million of the city budget approved for community gardens. And that was my big grand hurrah for 2022 that's now going to be implemented in 2023. That's amazing. As a member of the Agricultural Working Group of the Pittsburgh Food Policy Council. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but I currently work as um, a waste and recycling specialist. So I've helped to um, transfer or divert rather um, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of waste into recyclable materials uh, in the past couple years. And my goal is to try to reduce carcinogens in the environment through consumption and also exposures. Also, I um, am a model and pageant coach. So I've been doing that since. People are probably like, whoa, like (laughs) plot twist, like she's a, like a what? (laughs) What Like, wait, did I just skip to a different episode or like what? (laughs) Wait, print color, print color. So I have been doing modeling and pageantry since 2001. Okay. 2000, 2001. And so I started coaching a couple years after that. And I've been in hundreds and hundreds of fashion shows across the U.S. And then I have won 15 pageant titles, actually. Lost about eight pageant titles. Um, (laughs) So it's been a fun journey. And I have taught for many agencies over the years. Um, John Casablanca's, John Robert Powers, Barbizon, I've been a guest speaker. I've been on the Pittsburgh Fashion Week Council, the part of the Pittsburgh Fashion Alliance. Um, I was a best fashion icon of 2020, um, Pittsburgh's community champion of 2020, um, Women of Excellence, Frazier's Women of Excellence awardee. Um, gosh, uh, People of the Year um, in BTM Magazine, top six people of the year, BTM Magazine. So a lot of really cool opportunities. Yeah. God has blessed me with. And so, um, I actually teach the modeling summits for Pittsburgh Fashion Week. And I am the model manager for Ohio Fashion Week for 2023. Um, I just trained Mrs. Polynesia World to first runner up for Mrs. World two weeks ago. She just placed, um, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> that so is, I, I'm not, I feel like know. I need you in my life. Like I, I'm like <laughs> well, local pageant coach. I'm an international pageant coach. And, and That's it's so cool. Amazing that I've been able to take that career from, you know, being a, a local model. You'd take pictures with at an event to raise money for literacy with a Polaroid camera to being an international pageant coach and Mrs. World, you know, so. That's, that's a really awesome. fun, cool thing that's happened over the past couple decades. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to sit here and um, go on and on, but, you know, I just feel really blessed. I'm basically a humanitarian, an environmental scientist, and like I said, a model and pageant coach. The things I'm most proud of are my children. Um, they're 11 and 13. I have a transgender biracial 13-year-old son who was born female, and um his name is now Jax, and I'm very proud of him. Um, he is a nationally ranked competitive swimmer, um, but recently decided not to be a swimmer anymore because he didn't want people to see his female figure, which is kind of sad for me. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm most proud of my children, and I'm most proud of my international work with water well rehabilitation. So... Um, a few years back, I decided that while I was bathing my youngest, who's 11 now, um, I decided that while well, I was given, was given a calling, you know, and this has happened to me a couple of times in my life where I was able to um, know that at that moment, what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. that's how I knew I wanted to be an environmentalist when I was a senior in high school and doing research on the Piketon Uranium Richmond Corporation contamination. And then another time when I was bathing my child, I knew that I was supposed to start rehabbing water wells around the world. And I started doing that. And I've since brought clean water to over 4,000 people by partnering with the Georgie Badil Foundation. Uh Georgie Badil was actually Miss Africa 2004. So she's helped me some to mentor me in different ways and the ways of pageantry and Uh water well rehabilitation. Uh So that's just some tidbits. That's awesome. So like. <laughs> you just shook your head. No, like what? <laughs> so it, it, well, as I'm wrapping my head around everything you're saying. Yeah. And thinking about which way we should go with the conversation. I think more mm-hmm. than anything. And knowing my current listener 
like, I would really like to pick your brain or talk about how you've been able to execute a lot of these things because a lot of the people that I've worked with over the years and a lot of the people who end up in my life and really the overarching theme of, of the purpose of the podcast is to share tried true things, you know, that, that we have done with people who want to do them and to make it more feasible and make it more tangible and make it more real because there's this stigma out there that society tells us, especially as mothers, as women, as, you know, whatever, whatever, right? That there are these boxes as, as whoever you are, that there's a box that you must operate within. And it's very clear that you, you don't do that. Like that you, you are on like all spectrums. You are like, going where you're being led. Like you said that you've, you've got this calling and you're going after it. And I get that because I, I like, I feel the same way with things, but I know that not everybody gets that. So I guess my question for you would be like, maybe starting with one, what does that calling feel like? Or how do you know what that is? And then how do you just go after that regardless of what that is? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know it when they feel it. And even if they do, they sometimes will shy away from it or they definitely won't go after it as aggressively as somebody like it sounds like you or myself would. Yeah. Uh, Well, when it comes to knowing what you want to do, a lot of times it's the things that scare you the most I've found. And it scared me to death to think I could, you know, get on a stage and I was afraid that I would be shut down and not be able to do it. I had people tell me that was never going to happen for me before I won my first pageant title because at the time I was a single mother. Well, uh, split, you know, we had shared custody. Mm-hmm. And I um, was told by my stepfather before before he died, he told me that that was never going to be me. I couldn't have children and be a pageant queen. So maybe it's the naysayers. I think it's different for everyone. You know, it might be the people that tell you that you can't do something. It might be the fear of actually accomplishing it. I know it took one of my pageant coaches because I, I I have been a pageant coach and a model coach for so many years, but I've hired dozens of coaches for myself because I believe that we should always be a continuous student of your craft. You're always Mm -hmm. learning more. I agree. It doesn't just stop with you and you're the expert. Yeah, I I am an expert after 20 years, but I'm an expert because I am continuously learning from everyone. Mm -hmm. But how do you know about that calling? My calling came from within me, you know, from the tears that I shed, from knowing that that was, it's almost overwhelming. It overcomes me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's how I know that that's something that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. As for other people, it might be more of a whisper. You know, if you listen to Susie Boots, um, Mrs. Universe, she will, you know, tell you in her books um, about listening to your God whisper. Sometimes it's just a whisper. Other people, it's overwhelming. It's just something that comes to you, and maybe it's something that's constantly in your ear. Maybe it's about, you know, if, if it's something that you want to do, it's probably never going to go away. You might as well just mm-hmm. go ahead and do it because the time will pass anyway, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> read that somewhere before, but the time's going to pass anyway. So why continue to wait and wait and wait? Because there is no real perfect time. Mm-hmm. But how can I tell other people to listen to that calling? You just have to know for yourself what it is that you want to do. And the more that you expose yourself to different things, you'll know what that thing is that you're supposed to do with your life. And maybe it's several things. You know, I don't know a lot of other scientists that are pageant coaches. Sure. Um, maybe your thing is different than everyone else's. It most likely is. Everyone's story is different. So don't try to follow someone else. Maybe you can be like them, but you don't want to be that person. You want to have your own passions and pursue them. And eventually you will be an expert as well in that craft. I love that. But You're I love everything you said. I love everything you, you said about Thank that. Because it's it's so important. And I mean, there are so many things that I could ask you, mm-hmm. 
but I'm also trying to keep it relatable. So I guess my question would be, whenever you do have something that's put on your heart that you want to do, it doesn't seem like you just do things like, it doesn't seem like you just get your feet wet. It seems like you go all in, mm-hmm. like all in. Um, yeah. And that's got to take a tremendous amount of courage and like resources, whether that's like your time, your effort, you know, and then you're mentioning that you have children. Like, I'm going to ask you the question that I feel like people ask a lot. It's just like, how do you balance all of that? How, or how do you go all into that? Well, what does um, that look like? Before, you know, whenever I was with my children's father, for a couple of years there, it was just me nursing in graduate school. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing a lot of pageants at that time. You know, mm-hmm. it's gone. And I wasn't doing, a, I was doing a little bit of modeling, but not very much. I was focusing on different things throughout the years. I'm 40 now. So, you know, different times I, I focused a lot more mm-hmm. and then on different things. And um, then I left, you know, my children's father in 2012. And then whenever I didn't have my children, I was focusing heavily on, you know, my career and my, mm-hmm. my coaching and all of the different things that I do whenever my children weren't with me. Because, you mm-hmm. know, also at the same time, it's like, yes, you get to do what you want, but you don't get to have your children there. So you might as well make use of helping that helping others as much as you can, mm-hmm. because you can't have, be hands on when you're in a shared custody situation all the time. So mm-hmm. I spent that time helping other people outside of my family because I wasn't able to be with them for mm-hmm. a few days of that week. So every few days of the week, I was focusing on helping others. Mm-hmm. So it depends yeah. on how it is that your family is structured. But then later, after I got married, my husband now, he helps me. He'll take the kids to their, their Taekwondo and, you know, so that I can do my mm-hmm. coaching sessions or, um, you know, I'll tell him, I need you to watch them, which he doesn't really need to watch them now because they're 11 and 13. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I'll say, I'm going to go to be in this competition or I'm going to do this and, you know, you'll have to make meals or whatnot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it, it's really just about uh, balancing, receiving help and utilizing the time that you have to implement uh, as much as you can with whatever your mission is during that time. Yeah. And I mean, I really resonate with that right now because my children are five and seven. They're with their dad mm-hmm. half the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that frees up a lot of time for me mm-hmm. and for the things that I feel like would otherwise be on hold. At the beginning, I wasn't enjoying my time without them. I mean, yeah, right. You know, it's like, first. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so hard. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, it's so hard. And then you start to realize, wow, this is a blessing. This is, um, things happen for a reason. Amen. I agree. Totally happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And on top of falling into things, I'm a big, like believer and cheerleader for, um, not necessarily like forcing things to happen because I definitely believe that God's got a plan for us. And, you know, we're here to show up in a certain way and fulfill these missions, these callings on our hearts. And we can only really control so much of it. But what I dislike, and this is just, I guess, me personally, but is um, the thought that everything's just going to be hand delivered and that it doesn't really require effort. Um, so do you have anything to say? Cause he, here's the thing, right? Like right now it's perfect timing. We're at the beginning of the year. There's a bunch of people setting new year's goals, but then also mm-hmm. half of all of my social media feed is saying like, Oh, we don't need goals. We just need to live day by day and blah, blah. And look, I believe that too. I try to be as present mm-hmm. as possible, live day by day. But I'm also the kind of person that I'm like, I want to be in a different place by the end of the year whether it's uh, personally, professionally, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting when the same people, for the most part, who, if you're saying that, if you're saying like, let's just live day by day, Mm -hmm. then, then hopefully you're not the person who's also complaining about where you're at. 
day by day. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? And, and I only say this from a place of having, you know, people in rooms with me, working with people one-on-one who are, a, you know, usually when you hire a coach or a mentor or something like that, right, you're, you're pushing forward, you're pushing through things and you're looking for some support and insight and things like that. And one of the first things that I'll always have people do is tell me how they're spending their time. And so we can see like, what is a normal day in the life look like for you? And then we start removing the things that are just non-productive or that they don't enjoy or whatever. And, um, sometimes it's just funny and I laugh because I've been there too and I can still be there. Right. But it's like, sometimes I sit and say like, I don't want to do anything, but then I get mad at myself for where I'm at. And it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. He has this thing I like to call rest guilt. If What's rest, that? Oh, he yes. Yes. He gets down for a minute. He's like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm like, no, you need to rest because what will happen is you'll go so hard for so many hours doing thousands yeah. of things and then he just falls out you know <laughs> yeah well and resting building in rest yeah yes. building in rest is so incredibly important yes, it's very important but i guess what i'm saying is if if all you're doing is resting and you're still upset that nothing's getting done you know and i say resting sarcastically yeah. like if you're choosing not to set goals or do anything i feel like you're setting yourself up to be unhappy you know in in certain areas of your life and i feel like people get overwhelmed with goal setting because they think it's got to be something that it's not so to hear your um basically like resume, right? You know, everything you shared in the first few minutes, that could be like really overwhelming and triggering to somebody who's sitting there like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, yeah. Not well, realizing that it's... People, I've just found that people that um, that have that, mm-hmm. they respond in a couple different ways. They either get inspired and start doing more or they start trying to find flaws in you. Yeah. And when they try to pick you apart to try to find flaws in you, it's because they don't want to spend that time and energy on evaluating themselves and bettering themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you've got a couple different kinds of people in the world and, you know, you can't really worry about either one. Just keep, you know, being you and being your, be that light, you know, that, mm-hmm. that they say um, uh, the darkness waits for the light that is in you. And seriously, people are waiting for each individual to come out of that shell and to decide Mm -hmm. to be the person that they're supposed to be. And sometimes it takes forever and sometimes it never happens, Mm -hmm. you know, but anyway, yeah, I I agree. There are people out there that, you know, can be upset by that or get overwhelmed or get, um, you know, there's a thousand different responses that could happen, but, you know, you can't um, let that affect you and Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And whenever it comes to your personal goals, like I said, mine, mine, I just know what they are, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because now I don't even advertise for my coaching and I don't want to, because there's only one of me and I have a family, I have a career, (laughs) I have gardens and I have political stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, um, I don't like to take on more than five students at a time. If I have more than five, then I start to get anxiety and not necessarily be the nicest, you know, at home. And it's better if I'm nice and helpful to these other people and help them get on their track with what their mission is. Because really what people don't understand about what pageant coaching is, is that it's more like a counselor, like a life, life counselor. So Mm -hmm. we're determining, okay, what is the pain of your past that caused you to want to do the things that you want to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, and me, I also, I build gardens because I grew up in poverty and I didn't have the resources. I didn't have a lot of heat. I didn't have a lot of food, money, all of those things. I was abused as a child. Um, you know, pretty much you imagine it. And I went through that. I lived in uh, domestic violence shelters. And um, gosh, just uh, you, like I said, you you name it, it probably was happening to me. So, <laughs> you know, when I grew up, I knew that I didn't want that to be my life. I wanted it to be different. Mm-hmm. So I did everything I could to make sure that it wasn't that way. But I feel that my purpose with the water well rehabilitation, and I believe I brought 8,000 meals to 11 counties in 2021. Um, and then with this additional 3 million to the community gardens that I, I've helped to 
get donated or not necessarily donated, but appropriated rather through the city budget. Now people will be able to go to the food banks in these counties, um, you know, a couple times a month, but they'll be able to rely on these backup community gardens where they'll be able to build infrastructures to have food all year round. So I'm thinking about where I came from and what it was that I I went without. And that was my inspiration to be the person that I am now, mm-hmm. the person that is out there, you know, in the gardens, you know, digging, showing people how to create their own food and create the, keep those toxins out of their food. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually had cancer removed four times and I'm cancer free now, partially because of my nutrition and early detection. So I tell people, you know, get out, get out there, seek out early detection, mind your nutrition, build your own gardens, keep the toxins out of your food, do what you can to raise funds to help others distribute food wherever you can. And um, water, clean water access. You can't have food without water, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't live in a healthy body or a healthy environment or have access to that without water because water is everything. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that was my inspiration growing up in a a contaminated area in um, Southern Ohio and what was coined the toxic waste donut um, surrounded by a uranium enrichment corporation, um, a contaminated um, Scioto River, uh, as well as the Ohio River, and then the New Boston Coke plants and several other facilities. Um, having lost so many friends and family members to cancer, or they became addicted to cancer medications, and then they turned to street drugs and, you know, passed away from um, overdose from the supplemented street drugs. So I do plan on writing a book about this sometime in the future. But um, that was my inspiration to become an environmental scientist and to distribute resources and and food. And, you know, part of the pageantry is really the coaching in the pageantry is about helping other people to determine what their pain of their past was that helped them to decide which charities that they're going to be involved with Mm -hmm. and how they're going to implement their time and their energy to raise awareness and funds for those organizations And one day out of the year, they get up and they talk about it. And whether they win or not is not the goal. The the winning is pursuing your life's purpose and doing everything that you were meant to do in the way that you were supposed to do it. And whether you win, yeah, that's great. If you don't, then that's okay. It's really about did you learn from what happened to you in your youth or throughout your painful time? And then did you come up with a plan and implement that to change your community and make sure it doesn't happen for others? That's all so remarkable. Like everything that you just shared and even shifting the focus on, on the work that you're doing with these people one-on-one is something that like I never even considered, right? Like how you kind of Mm -hmm. uh, unveiled the myth behind this coaching in the pageant world. So like, I'm curious, do you see something that your clients are regularly um, running into a a, a regular obstacle that people have to overcome to identify? Like, can I turn this painful moment into a, a purposeful thing? I'm just curious because I'm sure that with your experience, you've probably seen a lot. And um, that's the question that the, everyone asks themselves. Yeah. Am I good enough to do this? What about all these other people? They're so beautiful. You mm-hmm. know, no, these people, maybe they're beautiful on the outside, but that doesn't mean that they didn't have tremendous trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I, I, most of the time, my interview coaching sessions Uh, You know, my students will cry multiple times throughout their sessions because Mm -hmm. they're talking about all of this pain that they have and they don't know if they are good enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And they are good enough. And that's what they need to be told. They need someone to tell them, yes, you are good enough. No, but that's what I'm teaching them, that you are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are everything that you need to be. You are enough. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make those changes, whatever those changes are in your life, then let's come up with a plan and let's lay it out and let's do it. Mm-hmm. Send me your homework. You know, mm-hmm. this is your homework until next week. This is your homework till next week. And then they do the homework and then they come back and they feel better and then they continue to improve. 
as mm-hmm. we go. And it's uh, some of my students I've had for years. Yeah. And they become my friends. And then, you know, my designer, uh, that is my alterations lady. She's also my best friend, Suze Pisano. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. You, know, you, you have friends that you then gain across the world, you know, I right. can say, I'm going to go do this pageant in, um, you know, when I got fourth in Mrs. Earth after I won Mrs. Pennsylvania Earth, um, I was actually staying at my friend Jill's house who lived right there where the pageant was. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to go and stay in their hotel. I'm just going to go stay with my other pageant friend. Yeah, you know, that's so you awesome. You make friends all around the world and they're sister queens. Basically, that's what we all call each other. Yeah. Sister queens. Because my family was never really supportive of my pageants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have another family that has actually been there and that's my pageant sisters. And you mm-hmm. find that in people that you never knew that you would. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty amazing. Well, I think, yeah, I feel like that, that community is important regardless of where you end up in your life. And Mm -hmm. would you talk more about how you felt unsupported at the beginning? Because I feel like that that's something that I know I can relate to. Um, I'm sure everybody can relate to, like, how do you overcome continuing to move towards the thing that you want regardless of the support, because that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, th- what I did was I just ignored the people that didn't support me, you know, and I kept doing it and I kept going. And even though they didn't want to come to my competitions or they thought that it was fickle or, you know, self-absorbed or um, pretentious or God mm-hmm. knows all the names that I've been called, um, throughout my life, but yeah. they would think this. And then I would tell them, no, it's not really that at all. It's about, you know, trying to be the best version of myself. And I'm going to the gym because I want to be healthy and I'm, I'm eating nutritious food because I want to be healthy, you know, mm-hmm. um, in every aspect, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, and so on. And, um, instead of them saying, oh, well, I support you in this. A lot of times it was, if I say that's bad, then I don't have to step up myself and try to do the same. If I say that you're wrong, then that means that I can just sit here in my with my hate and then I don't ever have to excel beyond that. I don't have to mm-hmm. go and try to exercise and eat healthy and and you know um, try to help other people's through through charitable outreach, you know. Mm-hmm. So I found that a lot. Uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a mindset that people can choose to either cheer you on or to stick mm-hmm. with their hate because then it doesn't require that they excel or grow themselves. But as far as the support goes, um, I have not had any support from really any of my family members. And I pleaded with them a couple times to go to a couple things out of the, you know, so many 20 years. I think I've had a couple mm-hmm. things that my mother went to and that my sister went to, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about them. It was right. about me and what I wanted to do, what I knew I was supposed to do and how um, I was supposed to help people. And it's amazing how it's it's at first it started out with, oh, it's fun to get on this stage. Let's go do that. Because, you know, I got to wear a pretty dress for once whenever I never had anything when I was a child. So I know what it's like to, um, you know, to go from having nothing to wearing, you know, designer dresses across the biggest stages of the country mm-hmm. and um you know also have students that do that too now mm-hmm. so it's pretty pretty amazing you know that transition and to feel that i can not just now be beautiful myself but also make others other people feel beautiful and tell mm-hmm. them how to do that and instruct them based off their their size and their look and their coloring and all of those things so a lot of uh, what i do is uh wardrobe selection and you know, helping people to essentially shop for themselves so that they feel wonderful. But anyway, I could talk about this for years. And no, I love um, that. I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm like I'm like thinking to myself. I'm like, huh, <laughs> like <laughs> it's really fun. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it started out like I said, just me wanting to do something fun, and um, then it became so much more. The more that I learned. Mm-hmm. about the, the pageants and about, you know, actually getting a coach and the reasons why we get a coach and, um, yeah. you know, how it can really help other people. And even if we don't win, then we come out on the other side being, a, you know, 
the person that I believe that we're meant to be. Right. So why do you think, I mean, I, I'm always, my brain's just like always in the depths of, um, emotions and like the whys and stuff, but like, why do you think, and there's no like one answer, but like, I know I struggle with not enoughness. It's Mm -hmm. something that constantly creeps into anything that I ever do, anything that I ever work on. Um, and maybe I'm like a high functioning person, you know, how, how we say like you're high functioning with anxiety or high functioning with this and that, but a, a lot of people couldn't detect it in me. Like whenever I share that, they're like, how, like, why, well, why would you think that, you know? And it's like, I think that your demographic is probably in, in that same group. It's like, like how you said, like, okay, they're these beautiful people who appear a certain way. And society looks at that a certain way and you just automatically think in your brain that that person's never been exposed to any kind of trauma, that they've never had it hard. You just like forget that because they look so radiant in the moment that, oh, this person must have just always been that way. So I'm just really curious about why you might think people feel like they're not enough. And then how you've, uh, you've mentioned like, you know, working with these people and maybe sending them with homework at different times. Like, what are the things that help people overcome feeling not enough? And, and I don't know that it ever totally goes away. I hope that one day that this totally goes away, (laughs) but I'm sure it just, I'm sure it just presents. Yeah. In different ways. So, um, well, a lot of times it's people and trauma, you know, mm -hmm. our family, or our friends or a significant other or someone mm-hmm. who tries to beat us down. And sometimes we let them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is, uh, you know, social media mm-hmm. and us comparing ourselves to someone else. Well, I could never look like that. I could never do that. And the more that you tell yourself that, the more you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If you think you think, if you think you can't, you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can, you're, you're right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if that's what you think, you're you're probably right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I I believe in you know the power of the mind and replacing negative thoughts as soon as they enter your mind, having your emotional um, vibrations and your your thoughts be trained toward positivity and mm-hmm. being living in the now. So I don't know if you've ever read the books, the book Power of Now uh, or Quantum Success or you know, if you've gotten into any of those things, uh, mm-hmm. but these are books that I tell people to read whenever I am coaching them, because if you realize that most of your pain and most of your negativity and your trauma and so forth, that's all in your past, mm-hmm. or you're, you're fearful and you're having anxiety about what could happen into the future, sure. but they're not living in there now. Mm-hmm. And the more that you're living in your now, the more you realize that you're actually in a safe place, mm-hmm. um, that you are beautiful and that there is no reason to think negatively about yourself and it's important to try to get healing and therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to go to talk therapy, sound vibrational therapy. I really suggest that. Um, There's a great woman named Adrian at tuned wellness in um, uh, Murraysville. And I was able to just uh, in, in your aura, your body's aura or your bio field, you store all of your, um, your emotional trauma and your memories. And they're actually able to, vibrate those out of you. Um, so, you know, I'm, some people might call me crazy, but you know, I really think that sound therapy is an amazing mm-hmm. way to heal yourself, Reiki healing, pulling the negative energy out of yourself and, and then putting the positive energy into the universe, into you. Um, so I've, I've done all of that. And, um, I can say that I am a different person now because of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe in um, positive affirmations. And I say to myself, whenever I feel insecure, you are beautiful. You are powerful. You are wonderful. You are accomplished. You are timeless. You are all of these things. And if you continue to tell yourself positive things, you, you will eventually believe it. Mm-hmm. So um, why do I think that this happens to us? Like I said, other people tell us that we're not good enough, or sometimes we continue to tell ourselves that. And if we can change our thought processes, we can change our reality. Mm-hmm. And what was your other question about how it is that we could prevent that in the future? Yeah. Really and that? I think that you touched on a couple of things, but of well, course, if you have more healing, healing and therapy. Yes. 
So reading, learning about, you know, different types of healing and how to overcome your trauma and heal from it, because that's what mm -hmm. they look for in pageant title holders. Yes, you could have the most horrible things happen to you. Mrs. American uh, Rhonda Wolford uh, last year, she was living in her car homeless and then she became Mrs. American, um, you know, after that, so many years after, but she was mm -hmm. talking about her homelessness and the things that she went through and aging and how much it affected her mental health and what she did to overcome it. So mm -hmm. she exercises consistently now. Now she's a lawyer. She's not homeless anymore. But it's mm -hmm. about knowing that your pain and then healing from it and then helping others by sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Are you just are you just sitting with your pain or are you sharing your pain with others so that they can learn about it? And if you sit with it inside of you. That's where it festers. If you're taking antidepressants and you're masking all of your pain, for instance, you're sitting with that pain and it will always be there. But if you're talking it out and you're healing yourself through natural therapies, then I think that that's the best way to go when it comes to gaining confidence and rebuilding yourself as an individual to be a healed person. Why do you think people don't talk about it? Society's taught us that we should be ashamed mm -hmm. of what other people have done to us. And that's yeah. sad. Isn't that just wild? <laughs> and then you sit, you yeah. know, people like you and I who, I mean, I consider myself pretty much an, an open book. Um, mm -hmm. Me too. But, but you can be labeled as kind of like crazy or like off the wall that like, why, you know, why would you go there? Why would you talk about that? I mean, for me, postpartum anxiety and depression was a very real thing. And, mm. but I was also in survival mode and self-aware enough at the time because I had done a lot of investment in my personal, in myself. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I consider myself like a high functioning mother at that early time where when I would reach out to the people who I thought I could, I was basically um, like not, but like no one like believed me or took it seriously because I could still accomplish what I was supposed to, or whatever those things were. Right. Um, it, it was like, you know, you're crazy. You're, you're like making this up. You're doing this to yourself. If you would just calm down and um, relax and just enjoy, or, or even from other women who were, you know, older than me, who had experienced life, who had more life experience than me would be like, just enjoy your babies, you know? And it's like, okay, I get it all. Like I, I get all of that. But when you have something on your heart and you know that you're meant for something, the, this calling, you know, that like you even called it, there's like a relentlessness inside of you that when you're not running with that dream mm -hmm. and that passion and whatever, it makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was anxious. I was depressed. And then I was also not doing anything for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> because I barely had it in me to like, like if I woke up in the morning and fed my kids throughout the day we were calling it like that was a good day. And I wish <laughs> that there were more people who would talk about, yeah. um, you know, the seriousness of, yeah. of it. And, and of course, you know, I ended up um, getting through it. Right. And my kids are five and seven now, and mm -hmm. I can't really find anxiety or depression in my body all from very natural ways of healing and processing the things inside of me, because I believe too, that while there's a time and place for medicine and technology and things that if you never get to that root and never get mm -hmm. that root out, you are just masking. And that's something that I wouldn't have had the guts to say 10 years ago, but I have seen it with my own eyes mm -hmm. and in my own experience over and over and over again. Um, I've seen people in my life come off of medication that their doctors couldn't get them off of after doing some other things that mm -hmm. medicine looks at and is like, <laughs> you know, like we can't compute this. CBD oil, you know, yeah. Um, I tell my students to take take some CBD oil. I, I suggest the Prime My Body Focus brand. I'm not a. I don't make any money off of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, this is not an ad. <laughs> this is not an ad 
advertisement. This is just a helpful, you know, suggestion. Uh, but there's a lot of different things that people can seek out, you know, and I suggest, you know, everything from salt baths to reflexology to, you know, Buddhist temples, you know, everything. Go, go and seek out healing and natural treatments to the very best and greatest extent of your ability. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't help you and you can come back and say none of it helped, mm -hmm. you know, after so long, then maybe go ahead and try medications. But, you know, mm -hmm. I try to um, get people to try to heal themselves naturally. Like I mm -hmm. said, through nutrition and uh, my goal is to try to keep people from being exposed to toxins, mm -hmm. toxic consumption through pharmaceuticals and through, um, you know, food, air, water. That's mm -hmm. why I work waste and recycling. I was an energy and technology consultant before that. I was a biology and ecology professor, a health and wellness manager. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I worked for a lot of different environmental nonprofits um, throughout the years as well. So mm -hmm. that's been my career is trying to focus on, you know, what are the causative factors of human health problems and how can we prevent them naturally? Mm -hmm. So those are, you know, trauma, stress, nutritional deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, mm -hmm. um, and toxic exposures. Mm -hmm. So I focused most of my life on toxic exposures, but then later um, came to realize that, you know, the that trauma, uh, whether it be physical or emotional, can mm -hmm. cause human health issues, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, like I said, the hormonal imbalances and, and sleep, but it's mm -hmm. really narrowed down to those things. But I focused most of my life on, like I said, nutrition and toxins. Mm -hmm. And that's what I know my purpose is, is trying mm -hmm. to help regulate those within my personal body, my community, my world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think too, don't realize how toxic stress and negativity and not sharing mm -hmm. things can be that, that, in, that it doesn't really need healing doesn't really have to be that hard or, you know, making these decisions or changes in your life doesn't really need to be that hard. It's just, um, I know for me, I didn't really have anybody in my life that was ahead of me. So I spent more time you know, you call it research, right? But you're like reading and learning and you're filtering through what you find on the internet for what's true and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it can just be very overwhelming. It can be very overwhelming whenever you're at this place where you're like, okay, like I'm not really happy with where I'm at now in one of these areas of my life, but I don't know where to go. And then if you are struggling with something that's a very real emotional thing, and you have no support. It's just like, it's a lot for one person to, to carry, but it's also mm -hmm. funny how we do this thing where we feel so alone mm -hmm. when, uh, probably everything we've ever felt before somebody else has felt first, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, yeah. it's cool that, um, man, I don't know. I just appreciate hearing you speak and share because there's so much, there's just so much to it. Um, yeah. and I, I see like when you say something, I just think in my head, like what, what were all of the steps that she had to take to get to just like that one thing? Um, that's how my brain works. I like break yeah. everything <laughs> down and think because like, it, it's, it's a lot. And, and for somebody who may not, I mean, I don't even fully understand a lot of your work, but I know enough mm -hmm. to know that it, it just doesn't happen overnight. It wasn't hand delivered. And, um, there's a lot of obstacles in your way. So I'm, I'm uh, like, I don't know what the, the word is, but I'm just like, so focused on your like tenacity, like, mm -hmm. how, like, what is that? How do I like, how do I get some of that? It's just like, sure I just like you I'm plow looking. through. Yeah. I, I just, I think that I might have that rest guilt that my husband has. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure that this life that I've been given has not been wasted. You know, I want to make it worthwhile. I want to make sure that I've, I've really, I can look back and I can say, wow, you really did everything that you could do. And that's how I want to want to grow old or and maybe mm -hmm. I won't grow old. Maybe something would happen to me. Who knows? But I just want to be able to look back in my life and say that to myself with confidence. 
that it was never wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's where the tenacity comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I see so many people that, you know, I, I, I see them with these amazing talents. You know, my friend mm-hmm. Charlotte Reichman, she made this jewelry um, that I'm wearing now and she's she's not wasting it. You know, she can do so many things. And, um, you know, my friend, Suze Pisano, my husband, he, he is a stock trader and a, and also, a um, a painter too. And he's a truck driver. So he does like three things that he does, but I just don't want to see people. I don't want to see anybody waste their talents and their abilities. And I think that's what really makes me sad about my son being a nationally ranked swimmer. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then giving that up because he doesn't want people to see him in a, in a swimsuit, in a female mm-hmm. swimsuit. Mm-hmm. And that talent is just so amazing. It's so, you know, uh, it just to see him in the water and he gets out and he's done and they, these people are still in the water trying to compete against him, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> um, to see that. It's like to see that talent is just an explosion of your soul. And, um, you know, I just, it, at that part, I don't know why I'm talking about the sadness right now, but that's, that's the sad well, part it's real. of life, Yeah, which is, I see this, this amazing talent being wasted and it's all because someone might see his physical self, you know, mm-hmm. which is not who he wants to be now. And you can't force somebody to be, um, to be an athlete in a specific field, regardless of their talent. You know, if that's what they w- want to do or don't want to do anymore. We spent so many years working with Olympic coaches and, you know, doing swim camps and, um, you know, he was on scholarships to all these teams. And now because he's decided to be male, um, you know, doesn't want to swim. And, and I just, I don't want that to happen to him. I'm trying to figure out how it is that we can, you know, make it to where he can still implement that amazing talent and mm-hmm. not have to be judged by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope so too. And it's yeah. like, it's for anybody who, I mean, how Anyone. many, yeah, yeah. How, how many, how many people, people are out there that are transgender or that are, you know, I'm also um, an ambassador for diversity and inclusion at my company. Um, and I speak at events and I judge uh, drag queen pageants as well. Uh, <laughs> and I talk about, you know, how it is that I don't believe that God puts our souls into into bodies and those bodies will always match what we want, what our social norms expect them to be. I don't believe that. I believe that, you know, we get what we get and then we have to work with that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> whether we love the physical exterior or not, mm-hmm. um, you know, we still need to love ourselves. And um, I think that that's very important. And so, each other. And each other. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless of what we look like or if we, are male on the inside and female on the outside or vice versa. Um, or if we like women or men or, you know, and we are of the same sex or different sex, it doesn't, you know, we should be loving people and loving ourselves. And that's my ultimate message. Yeah. And there's a, I was just looking up this, um, quote, I think Mm -hmm. I heard, um, I want to say I heard Les Brown, say it, but it it looks like just in this quick Google search, there's a bunch of people, but um, this, this is quoting Les Brown. So if it's not really Les Brown, I'm sorry, but it says the great, (laughs) (laughs) oops, that's just what this says. Um, it, It says the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all of the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step, keep with the problem, or too determined or or determined to carry out their dream. So it's just like, like right in line with what we're talking about. It's like you're mm-hmm. sitting here talking about how you never want to look back and and not feel like you took full advantage of your life. And mm-hmm. I feel that very much um, myself. And I feel like a lot of the people that end up in my world feel, um, and it's probably because I was once there too. It's like you feel this 
tension between doing what the world's asking you to do and doing what your soul and, and God is asking you to do as if you can't have them both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of worth issues there. You know, maybe you're feeling like you're not worthy of uh, whatever or, or the times on there. The support. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it, I think, is self-education, too. Mm-hmm. Not relying on other people or other sources to help you when they're ready, because no one is hardly ever ready to help you mm-hmm. um, to find someone who really truly wants to help you because they want to help you is, you know, you might find a few of those in your own life. I think, um, if it doesn't benefit that person, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like with my coaching, I could charge 150 to 200 an hour if I wanted to, but, and there are a lot of coaches that do, but I only Mm -hmm. charge 60 an hour Mm -hmm. or 50 an hour if it's a package because I really want to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that that's what I'm meant to do. But, you know, I think that it was also my niece passing in 2012 from cancer at just, you know, 22 months old. That also helped to change a lot of my perspective on life, you know, and I, I suffer with that, you know, with her, her death. But it also was a huge inspiration for me, you know, to, um, help raise awareness of natural healing treatments for cancer, um, mm-hmm. you know, CBD oil and antineoplastins and um, mm-hmm. the Gerson diet and raise awareness of those different solutions that can help people, you know, beat cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when it comes to all of these different things, we're really talking about, like I said, pursuing d- your destiny, not wasting mm-hmm. your life and, even if people are not going to be supportive of you, like I said, pursue your whatever the education is in that field. It maybe it's a certification in one thing, or maybe it's just reading about something, or you know, taking some jewelry making classes somewhere, or you know, something small that helps get you on that path to eventually feel as though you have accomplished that dream. Write down mm-hmm. your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. write down your goals, create a vision board, do all of those things and create a strategy to achieve that goal over a certain time period mm-hmm. and the steps to implement to achieve it. And I think that if you do that, then you're going to find success in whatever it is that you really aspire toward in life. That's great. I think yep. the strategy part is where a lot of us. Um don't give the give the attention that it's that it deserves it's it's fun to think about our goals and it's fun to make a vision board it's fun to talk about it um but actually sitting down and wrapping your head around okay like for me to get from here to there what are those mm-hmm. things that i need to do and then well, the time part of it Yeah, I think it's making a list of the priorities of the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have debt that you want to pay off, you know, writing down the smallest to the largest one, and then what you're going to put toward each one each month. Or maybe you're going to pay off this one, and then you'll pay off the next one. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do this much over this period of time, maybe have all of it paid off by this, you know, this month or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I think, structuring, you know, compartmentalizing the goal mm-hmm. and breaking it down into tiny steps and then doing the call or doing the follow up or, you know, sending the email, writing it down when you did that and when the follow up is going to be mm-hmm. and just being organized. So being organized in that sense, everybody should have a paper calendar. I suggest that. I don't like those electronic ones because I work with people, you know, everywhere all over the U S and now externally outside the U S. So if you have a paper calendar, you can put down when you're supposed to meet with people and so forth. You use those Mm -hmm. electronic ones. It starts changing the time zones and then Mm -hmm. you miss your appointments and creates a whole mess, but that's just one strategy, you know, get a paper calendar with each day that has multiple lines on it. And then, you know, write out in your, 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 journey, your, your goal booklet, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, you know, what your goal is at the top and what you've done so far to try to achieve that or what your plan is to try to achieve that. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody should have some kind of happiness and joy about the things that they've already done or that they are doing now to affect their communities. And if they're not, create that. Mm-hmm. Um, know from what it is that their pain of their past was that mm-hmm. helped them to be that person that they are now. And then have a plan for the future to succeed in whatever their future goals are. And if they don't have that, then they need to write those things down and create a strategy to achieve it um, so that they aren't wasting their life and being feeling guilty, the -hmm. rest guilt (laughs) about, you know, just too much resting. Yeah. Um, So you don't feel that later. Instead, you feel accomplished. You feel happy. You feel confident. You feel like, yes, I, I am doing this and I am proud of myself and I am worthy because I am doing everything that I can. Mm-hmm. It's like such good advice. I could listen to you talk for like another few hours. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I selfishly <laughs> feel like, yeah. <laughs> I might need to grab a coffee with you, go shopping with you, because I, I, you know, have you style me? There's no more Amazon. No more Amazon boxes. <laughs> I've been in, um, I'm like, I'm proud of myself because I've been in the gym a lot lately for the first time in years, but oh, it's funny. also been, um, it's changed my life to like sneakers. Well, you look like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I do. Um, but my like wardrobe has like taken a tumble because although I'm like always in, I'm like really obsessive over my like gym outfits now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, Becca, I need some like, um, just th- some help in the fashion department. So I might be calling you. Well, you you're like, just, hey, I Rachel, can you just tell me what would look good for my body type, for my, you know, for I my can. vibe? Yes. Sure, of you in a swimsuit, and I will tell you oh your my colors gosh. and all of that stuff. Really? I would love to know. Yes, I would really. love that. I will do that. <laughs> I promise. I will you're send you what, what colors you should wear. I should t- I'll tell you, you know, what kind of cuts and styles and all that stuff would look great on you. You know, oh, I would that's love to. so cool. Well, you're yeah. like a, you're a total expert in that department because trust me, if I ever like look like I put effort into an outfit, it was just an accident. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing ever here. <laughs> it was just as my hair is. I'm like, is that my hair or my? Yeah, yeah. If if I if I ever look like I have it together, I'm sure it was just by mistake. It was just. <laughs> It was just luck. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I think you look great. And thank uh, you. I would thank love you. to help you. You know, I would definitely start with some turquoise and some coral and, you know, like a peachy coral color, lavender. Ooh. I would go with all of that for you. You know, okay. you need to just brighten, brighten it up and do some contrast. That's what yeah. I would go with. Okay. Yeah, and it makes you feel good too with the wearing those colors, yellow especially. I would love yellow oh. on you. Okay. Yellow brings cheer. The psychology of colors is, uh, you know, orange is alertness and, and yellow makes you cheery and happy. Yeah. Um, so the more yellow you wear, the better you feel too. So oh I would suggest that. Um, and then going down a green, rabbit hole. green actually inspires growth. So maybe some aqua turquoise colors too. Okay. Kelly green and aqua turquoise. Yeah. That'll okay. all those colors. If you start wearing those, you'll feel, you'll feel better just by looking at them emotionally. Yes. So no, so no black. <laughs> I'm wearing black right now. I no, love I'm black. Teasing. Yeah, I love yeah. black. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that um, just on a daily basis, you know, I'll yeah. start going with that. But when you go out, you know, black's always great because it's sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm ready too. for it though. I, I'm definitely <laughs> ready for it. And I appreciate you oh, being God. here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I appreciate this so much. Um, yeah, I love being here. I love talking about these things with people that have the same interests as me. Yeah. I love to share that with some, you know, I, I built this huge garden for my dentist um, this past spring as well. And, and we just, you know, we talked forever about, about, uh, about the garden and, you know, how to 
make sure that everything would thrive and last and not get transplant shock and all of these things mm-hmm. and companion planting and how important those things are. And, um, you know, it's so nice to meet somebody or talk to somebody who has the same interests as you, because yeah. I mean, you, know, you can just keep talking about it and you get excited about it, Yeah, you know, and I get excited about plants and um, dresses and things. <laughs> <laughs> Like on, on, on these like different sides of the spectrum. I mean, my hope, my hope for the listener is that like, that they go and, and seek you out and, and, and find you and I'll list everything in the show notes and the description here, you know, so it's not going to be hard, but, um, I've, I've been saying this to everybody that I'm interviewing. I'm like, we need a part two. Um, and maybe something that's a little more of a specific topic that we can just really hone in on. Um, this to me was just like a, I mean, we didn't know exactly where it would go. Right. But for me, it was just a high level overview of all of the value that you're providing. And I think you're a incredible role model for somebody who's like, how can I do this or what can I do? And a friend of mine once told me when I was in a tough spot, I was just like, I just don't know what to do. I'm feeling really torn between what to do. And I remember him saying to me, he was like, you don't need to determine what you want to do. You just need to pick what you want to do first. And that yeah. really sat with me. And I feel like you're like a prime example of that. <laughs> uh, and I think about that. Oprah said that as well. Um, you know, I think about that a lot. Like what's the best next step? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So Oprah said that once and it re- it resonated with me. And I think about that a lot. What's the best next step? So mm-hmm. my best next step is to pay my car off. You know, I decided mm-hmm. yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and for somebody else, it could be something totally different. Sure. You know? um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess my main message in all of this is that we are not the things that happen to us. Um, yeah. Our spirit is much greater than that. And uh, we are not our thoughts as well. You know, our mind will continue to ramble, but our spirit is separate from our thoughts. And if um, people continue to listen to those thoughts and let that overcome the spirit, then that's when we end up getting confused and having cognitive dissonance and having all of those negative things that um, affect the mind. And we then have to try to connect the values with the Mm -hmm. situation. You know, we have all of these problems that occur as a result whenever the things are not matching up. You know, mm-hmm. so if there's a way that we can really, you know, listen to our hearts and and follow the spirit and then let the mind follow as well, you know, and continue to just be a positive influence on ourselves mm-hmm. and then we can help others. So that's what I, I suggest the most work, work on making yourself happy and achieving your dreams so that you can help everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's my greatest uh my greatest message to my children also. I love that. I feel complete. I feel like that's a great way to end it. And for all the listeners, we'll see you in the next episode. Well, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Credible Sources podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you being here. If you found yourself thinking about somebody during this episode who you feel could benefit from the information that we talked about, please be sure to share this and pass it along with them. If you're interested in learning more about today's Credible Source, be sure to check out the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you again here on the Credible Sources podcast.